Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, a very special episode. We celebrate today, this episode, our 100th episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, and I just want to say a massive thank you to all of you out there who choose to listen. Uh, Listening to a podcast is a choice, and I know that there are a number of you that listen week in and week out, and we get that feedback, and we talk to you, and we love it, and um, today is the 100th episode. And it's an absolute pleasure and a privilege to share the 100th episode with the, the man who sat beside me and along with me and held my hand and helped me out with my knowledge where and the knowledge needed, knowledge building. Uh, I've got the rocket on board for our special Masters episode. Yes, it's Masters week, so it wouldn't be a golf podcast if you didn't do a Masters related episode. And it's our second one this year because we did do a Masters episode in April. And we may re-release that over the weekend just to give you a little bit of a reminder of the team that we've got here that have had some masters experience. We've got Jamie Glazier on the on the carry bag. We've got Mike Ferroni from the, the sideline. So that was a great episode. So we might give that a replay to give you the full mile of golf masters experience. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing and everything that you do to help this podcast stay in the earbuds of as many people as you can. I do appreciate it. Thanks for joining. Enjoy our masters episode. Bring the rocket on as we speak. Rocket, I've just given uh, you the big introduction there. Welcome to the 100th episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Do we fess up now or do we just let it go, Rocket? Let it go. <laughs> no, I've got to face up there. So uh, for the, for your listening uh, pleasure, well, this is actually take two of the 100th episode because we just uh, we were having the, a great conversation and, and the next conversation, this conversation is going to be even greater. So we've had some practice because um, we had a little bit of a technology issue, a little bit of an SD card failure. Hey, it happens in uh, maybe once or twice in a hundredth episode. It just so happens that it happens on our hundredth. But um, I was so well behaved too. Rocket and I have been chatting for hours over here and I look up and the uh, the red button that's usually red is was green and that signifies that it wasn't recording. I definitely hit it. And uh, anyway, yeah. on review of the tape... We were going again. So, Rocket, welcome back for the second time tonight to the hundredth episode. It's not the hundred and first; it's still hundredth. Um, where do we where do we get to? Where or not? Where do we get to? We started with the significance of the Masters uh, and Augusta National as an organisation and everything that they've been working towards. To what have they been doing? What have you What have you picked up on? What have you been following? And 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 give us that sort of really um, story that we we talked about before there. Yeah, so the start of every Masters, it seems like a bit of a tradition that Chairman Ridley is making an announcement about something that the the Masters are doing or Augusta National themselves. And this this year, more than any, is probably one of the more significant ones, you know, considering, you know, the, what's happening over there in, in the United States and, you know, the social unrest, et cetera. So announcing that, in 2021, Lee Elder will become an honorary starter with Jack Nicholas and Gary Player is kind of a monumental announcement. Um, 
and not before time. You know, so being, you know, him being the first um, African American to play in the Masters. You know, he's eighty six years of age, so this, you know, we don't know how how much longer he has left on this earth. But his contribution to the game, uh, his contribution to his community, and just a recognition of him. But at the same time, you know, the the, the club and the tournament trying to bridge that divide. Um, not so much right their wrongs. Hard to do that because you can't do stuff in hindsight. But how do they try and move forward and actually change? And this is part of it. You know, everyone knows their checkered past of Augusta National, and we could go on about. You know, essentially they've had segregation in whether it be race or gender for a very long time. And you know, you could stand on the sidelines and you know, wave a pitchfork and you know be all high and mighty about stuff, but they're trying to do stuff and whether or not they've made the choice or they're being forced to change, it doesn't matter. It's just being done. So, you know, I think it's really important and I'm looking forward, I'm, I'm already looking forward to 2021 and, and seeing that man on the first tee and, you know, the, the joy that it's probably going to bring a lot of people and there's elements of healing and, um, just make it, it's going to make an impact, not in the game of golf, but it's society in general. Because the Masters itself is probably one of the most watched tournaments and most watched by people that are not golf nuts. Well, it is in a golfer's perspective, you know, the arguably the biggest event that we uh, subscribe to and, and look towards every year. A lot of people, you know, would challenge that and say the Opens as a golf tournament. You know, a better a better spectacle of golf, but I don't think there's any greater spectacle than the Masters. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the one constant that we rely on as golfers every April. Now this year is different because you know we went to rely on it in April and it got canned uh, due to COVID. But uh, we're now here in in November, a totally different time. I'm I'm glad that it's in November and that we've can close it for us here in Australia when our golf's getting firing up and going, you know, we can close out the year with, you know, the greatest uh, sporting spectacle, not just golf tournament, but probably, you know, one spring. Yeah. Usually it's, usually it's our autumn when the masters is playing, but it's our spring. How many people are going to be excited? Well, golf's already, you know, on a, in a great place, uh, bouncing all around the world, not just uh, in Australia, but it's it's so many people out there on the golf courses. It's really hard to get a tee time. Um, which is a good thing. Uh, a lot of people in golf retail buying clubs and the likes that we haven't seen before. And, you know, because golf is, it's not finally, you know, like golf's a massive sport, right? We all know that. And the participation, despite, you know, what sometimes you read and despite what sometimes people would say, it's still fairly big. It's still very big, sorry. And at the moment, you know, there is this resurgence and new people, people bringing new people. You know, all of a sudden golf's got this level of, I don't know, if it's cool. There's an element of cool. Yeah, cool. And there's um, a lot of different safe. people that, that, that do this, right? So it's everyone from the, you know, the, the stuffy hollows of, of, of Augusta National. You know, one of the other announcements they made was um, the, the Payne College, which is a predominantly black um, college in Augusta, Georgia, They've got a golf team, but they don't have a women's golf team, just the boys. So Augusta's uh, a national are actually going to fund the girls' program so they can actually have one. Um, they're also going to have two scholarships 
um, every year, one for the girls and one for the boys as well, and that's going to be in, in Lee Elder's name. So, you know, you have that. You think about what um, Custer National and Fred really is the chairman, especially under his stewardship in the last few years, what they've done, um, the, the Augusta women's amateur, um, I think he was quite integral to the formation of the drive, pitch and putt. Um, and so just they're trying to develop, they're trying to grow the game, two things. They're trying to um, steer their history in a new path and a new direction. It's going to take time. You know, as we see, it's, you know, in society, it's, it's sometimes changes the glacial pace and, and golf and golf clubs are, are no different. And, you know, they're trying to make an impact. And then to your point, you know, there's lots of other people um, that we could probably nearly do a podcast on that are, that are making golf cool because of they're just their approach and how they do things differently. And they're bringing a new audience because of just the way they do content. You know, Eric, the no laying up guys, like, you know, the things, the con- contributions those guys just make to the game in terms of making it cool. Like they cannot be, they cannot be, um, under, underestimated and, and I know we weren't going to I know in the we'll call it the, the pre-show we we're going <laughs> to talk about this the stuff but even up. last week right the guy who owns the Houston Astros put, sunk a lot of his own money into having Tom Doak come and do a renovation of um, Memorial Park in Houston which is in, right in the center of Houston and bringing a tour event there but it's primarily the course was built yes for a tour event but how do we build this for 360 days of a year? How do we build it so we, we can put 15,000 rounds on this thing a week and give something back to the community and make it affordable public golf in the actual city of Houston? Those, those are the type of things that, that are really important, making it public access, it's making it affordable, it's making it entertaining, it's making it trying to get people to catch the bug. Yeah. Well, and Just that's the bug. And that's the point I was trying to make is, is that it's obviously not before time that the Masters organisation, Augusta National, do make a directional change. And, and you know, you, they're never going to probably right the wrongs, not probably, they're never going to right the wrongs that uh, a lot of people hold. And, and you know, like the pit, yeah, anyway, um, still hold close to them. They're never going to change that, but they can change the future. And yep. there's never been more new eyes on a golf tournament at this time because of the situation that brings golf to a head. Uh, golf is a new game to a whole bunch of new people and it brings the Masters to this time at the, you know, seven, eight months after, you know, the start of this uh, COVID virus. So, you know, this this is quite a pivotal Masters, you know, because it doesn't matter when you've picked up a golf club, Rocket, you know, whether it's yesterday or six months ago or three months ago or, or just in that time, you are going to be watching the Masters because it's yeah. what you do when you carry a set of golf clubs in your car, on your bike, <laughs> on your yeah. back, whatever you, whatever you do. It's just yeah. what you do. Yeah. So uh, this is this is a really really important one. Yeah, and the point you make around the historical stuff, um, you know, we've got to remember put it in context. You know, you've got yes, this stuff all about the, you know, the founders being Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts and their views, right? We could go on and on about how they, how they perceive things, but, you know, you've got to remember when they're born. Yep. Bobby Jones is born in 1902. You know, he's a, he's a, 
he's a product of his environment. You know, not many people are able to sort of break away from, you know, the bubble that they're, they're faced with, you know, and you're a product of the times, you know, you, you kind of, I think we've got to step back and look at it in, in the context of at that point in time in history and acknowledge, yes, it wasn't great, but the thing is though, you can't also try and shred that person's legacy completely on, on, on a couple of things in terms of completely their views, because you've got to remember the time they lived in. Sure. It wasn't great. You can't defend it, but at the same time, you can't destroy them for it. All you can do is it's like, got to acknowledge it and then have a, have a, a move forward, you know, get away, you know, I'll give the con the Gary player, for example, in the sixties. So he's born in 35, product of his own environment was very, um, vocal in his support for apartheid in the sixties. But come the eighties, you know, we'll call it the matrix. Like you're, you're stuck in the bubble. People start to give you a few more bits of information and it's, you, you pull yourself away from it and you go, Oh, you can actually understand. Um, you can see the reality of what's going on, right? And not, and not what you perceive it to be. And he changed his mind and he apologized for his comments. So, you know, everyone's got to sort of probably step back a few times. It's very easy to get the pitchfork out and go, oh, oh, they're racist. Yes, you're right. But also you've got to match that in the context of the time and the environment they're living in. It's not 2020 back then. It was 19, 1920s. Um, mm. Well, Rocket, it's good for you to, um, you know, bring to a head, you know, what the organisation is doing and it uh, wouldn't be the, a golf podcast talking about the Masters if we didn't highlight, you know, the work that the, that organisation is starting to do and the focus it is put on uh, the community and the game of golf and, you know, everything that they are doing. So good good on you for doing that, Rocket. It's a good, uh, that's a nice way to start. Now, one of the big changes, obviously, in the tournament moving from April to November everyone's wondering how the course is going to be different. What are the likely scenarios that the players are going to be facing? We know the weather forecast is for rain. The question's already been asked to me. Uh, will they be forced to play preferred lights, potentially? Which I'm sure the Masters organisation will not want to do at all. But, um, you know, what Does, is... Doesn't Matt Kuchar already play them? There's <laughs> probably, probably a couple of others too. But... Um, Anyway, there's a whole whole range of things. So take us through what the changes that you're expecting to see um, from the time of the Masters that we've watched forever versus now. Well, obviously being November, I'm not expecting the Azaleas to come out unless they can do some magic stuff. They've probably dug them up and put them in some cryogenic freezer and they're going to bring them out with some blow dryers or something like that to make them magically appear. Um but normally this time of the year is when they're this, they've like about eight, seven or eight weeks ago, they start their overseeding program. So you've got the winter time then going into, you know, autumn going into their winter. And that's when the Bermuda starting to go dormant and die off. And they're doing the overseeded rye, which is what the course, um, that's why it looks like it looks in, um, in April. Um, so apparently the weather hasn't been cold enough, for the Bermuda to completely dry off. And, um, you know, one of my favorite golfers, uh, Max Homer, who also played uh, full 18 holes with um, one of our favorites, a local Australian, Lucas Michel, 
Um, uh, so the reports uh, on his podcast was that um, there's still a lot of, especially around the greens and around those areas, the, there's still a lot of Bermuda mixed with the rye. So um, it's going to make you know, chipping a lot less predictable. Uh, Lice could be a little bit different. So it's going to be interesting to see how the players sort of um, interact with that. Uh, and then obviously the, the weather forecast is going to change things considerably, being probably raining every day. So I think, you know, the course is probably going to play pretty long. It's probably going to remind me a little bit of 89 Masters, which was quite wet. Last day was just bucketing with rain. So it's going to be, you know, one of the players that are going to be able to handle being able to either spend a whole day in a rain jacket and trying to keep their gear dry and, and the caddies. So there's going to be a lot of work by all of them this week um, and then cold. It's not going to be warm. So definitely going to be a test. Definitely going to be a test. And no patrons. So the, I'm getting, ex- I'm actually more excited. The fact that no patrons because we hopefully going to see camera shots. So we're going to get to see the scale and expanse of Augusta National, right-hand side of 13, as you come around sort of the, the turn, you know, what does the back of the second look like? You know, there's probably going to be some shots that we wouldn't have seen before because it's usually being masked by stands or, or, or patrons and we're going to see it. So I'm, I'm quite excited because, you know, I'm kind of hoping that the, the broadcast team or Augusta start to get some lower camera angles to start to show the true size and scale and slope and and that's enormity of this place you know when you speak to jamie and mike Froney and anyone else that's had the privilege to go to augusta you know that's the one comment that they usually cut fess up with first is they no matter how many times they've watched it on tv when when you get there you don't fully appreciate the rise and the fall of the terrain and the scale of of the landforms and you're right you know let's hope we do see that you know one one thing that we won't see or hear more likely is a lot of those roars and as you um, rightly point out is a lot of those green complexes are, are fairly close together and it's one of the you know significant features of the tournament I can only imagine from the players and the patrons perspective is that when something's happening on the green not too far away you can't see it on TV but you can certainly hear it and it's a bit of an indication of what's happening so we're going to be without that that's sort of disappointing but having no patrons is a, a way of golf at the moment way of all sport at the moment we're certainly not going to see like we do at uh rugby league or soccer or you know other t- sports around the world cardboard cutouts i'm pretty confident that the <laughs> masters organization won't be filling up uh, fake patrons in cardboard cutouts around the back of the 16th or near no, the 16th I don't think so. but uh yeah so it's going to there'll look be, there'll be no cut out of uh michael phelps behind tiger woods on 16t <laughs> no um one of the interesting things i've been following along during the week and and once again my uh, lack of uh, memory for numbers. I can't remember the holes that have changed the most significantly, but my friends over at uh, the website evaluating.com have been publishing the changes of a number of the holes, uh, maybe 13, uh, the, the whole stack of them, but they ba- basically they had maps of the progression and the changes of the holes over the journey. Really interesting to see what the holes were in their original form and the progression of the shape and the and the routing of Ray's Creek and et cetera. Like this one, the ninth. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know, look at that green. That certainly doesn't exist like that any longer. So 
Uh, jump over to Value 18. They've, they've been posting some really cool stuff on the change of the course in, in terms of shapes and fairways and green complexes and et cetera, et cetera. So really cool. Um, so we won't see cardboard cutouts. What else are we looking forward to? We'll, we definitely will hear uh, the tones of Jim Nance, won't we? Yeah, it'll be Jimmy Nance, Faldo giving us uh, nothing. Will our friend um, Will our friend Luke Elvey be there? I would hope so. He's in Canada. I wonder if he's uh, wonder if he's come come down. It'd be interesting to see. Well, the thing is, though, they've the CBS have been pretty good at being able to do stuff remotely as well. Yep. But um, I'm assuming that they might be able to get some people down to. to I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what they've done? Well, one of the things we wait. We'll find out. We'll figure it out. One of the things we wait in anticipation. One of the things uh, that we, everyone's talking about, and if we start talking about the players and some of the form lines and and who we think, uh, I know everyone eagerly waits who you think is going to win. Um, So we'll get to that. I know you've already been tapped a number of times through your Instagram profile for uh, tips, for advice, for betting advice. you know, if you want to, if you want to hit up Rocket for any advice, you know, um, always do. Keep it to the golf. I mean, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was saying lane. <laughs> saying your lane, Rocket. It was April last year that we were tipping a fairy tale, which you did, Tiger Woods. You did jump on the uh, Tiger Show. Not sure that it's going to happen again this year, which is something that most people have been sort of lamenting or alluding to would they love to see that is it possible you know that's probably part of the media sort of juggernaut more than anything but those that know rocket i you what are your thoughts no very simple no you know when he won in 2019 there's already exposed form you know from early signs of 2018 to him contending late and 2018 Open Championship, playing with eventual winner Francesco Molinari to a championship win. Then I think he won Zozo. Then he had some really good form early, um, sort of around the March, April. So you can see all the pieces coming together with his short game, iron play, his driver. You can just you can see it, right? You can see it. And that's why I talked about it. It's like you could literally... Um, just say it coming in, coming together. 2020 is, he doesn't have any of that. You know, his, his tail end form of 2019 was not, not spectacular. Played really well in the, the President's Cup, um, mind you. The 2020 being very interrupted, you know, he doesn't have a lot of, a lot of reps under the belt and the reps that he does have, he's been very ordinary. You know, I've been keeping an eye on his statistics and, Everything's not in place. You know, his putting has not been great. His chipping has not been great. His iron play has not been great, which is normally his bread and butter. That's like his fallback. And his driving has been quite ordinary. And then, so you go, that doesn't really have a sort of a a foundation of of form. And then you add to that, the weather's going to be cold. You know, his his back is not going to be great in, in cold weather. So... I literally cannot see the man. If he contends, like, it would be amazing. Yeah. It would literally be amazing, but I can't see it. I can't see it. Okay. Well, then we refer to the people who we do think or can see 
You've got some thoughts on on that as well. Yes. So historically, the uh, winner of the Masters comes out of the top 13 in the um, world rankings at the time of the event. A little bit, a little bit different this year um, in terms of just the interrupted sort of season. Um, and the last time someone outside of that top 13, or actually even outside of the top 21, was Trevor Immelman in 08 and um, Zach Johnson in 07, probably a really dark period in the time of the Masters for champions. Um, so if you think about the, the context of that 13, you know, you look at that March and April where people have come out of an off-season, they're, they're starting to play the, you know, the West Coast swing, then the Florida swing, and you can start to see the form. So the really good players that are playing and, and have really good form – it just makes complete sense. They come into the Masters. Their game is quite sharp, um, and you know they're they're playing really well. They're all their, their game is all in place, and and that's why you're seeing those those people that are in that top thirteen are the ones that are coming out victorious consistently at the Masters. So this year you might pick one or two outside of that because of just the way the ranking system has gone this year and and the flux in the in the tournament you might pick one or two outside of that but that's that's borderline i'm still going to concentrate inside that uh inside that 13 on on a few players well let's cover off who who you thought who you think in that top 13 you we're going to go through one to 13 i've got i've got got a list good oh rocket your preparation is uh, key to everything rocket and uh (laughs) You have. I have to commend. I have to really do commend you. The last uh, few Roscoe and Rocket episodes, um, a lot of people have come back to me and said Rocket's preparation has lifted. He's found another gear. The data, <laughs> the sets of data that he's now tabulating, is um, really really standing him a part of the uh, golf um, podcast uh, pundit. The shoulder of giants. <laughs> so uh, who we got? Who we got at number one? Is it DJ? DJ, right, playing really well. The young man, mm. his beard, his beard game is absolutely immaculate. It's nice and thick and lustrous. Um, however, as I was talking to uh, our good friend, uh, Mister Mister Molica, uh, Mister Rollback himself, uh, DJ's greatest strength is also his greatest weakness. His greatest strength is the fact that he's amnesia. So if he uh, has a collapse in a major or a big event, he kind of forgets about it. But also the next time he's in position to win a major and he needs to remember the things that he did wrong in the last one, he's forgotten about it. So he makes the same mistakes over and over again. So DJ's playing really well. Um, the only thing that's probably undone him at the Masters has probably been his putting, which is usually pretty good. Uh, the putting, Matt, is fantastic, by the way. Oh, we'll, um, we'll get to that. We'll have a little seg- segment for that at the end. Segway. Uh and his his overall game is really really good, but and he will contend. I cannot see him winning. Um, you know, people talk about you know he came second last year, but he really wasn't in contention. He just sort of you know he wasn't he wasn't there until the last sort of three or four holes. Um, he was less in he came. He was more of a backdoor second compared to Brooks, who was right in amongst it in that back nine. Um, number two. A Rambo. How about the hole in one? It was 
great to see it on the TV. Uh, it was unbelievable. You know, just playing off the little downslope, you know, just getting the angle of attack into the water, just the perfect skip and skid. I uh, counted maybe at least six bounces across the water. And then, was it the, the 16th green, obviously? Yep. Yep. And it just takes the bank all the way up around the right side and just feeds down to the pins and obviously the hole in one position as it, as it will be on Sunday. And just, uh, you know, toddles into the hole. The fact that he's had a hole in one, like the par three comp, line gone, through the man. Gone. 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 Line through Rambo. Yeah, par three, par three uh, curse, either a hole in one or win the par three. Gone. Gone. Uh, number three. Mr. Wingy Pants, Justin Thomas. <laughs> JT. <laughs> it's a bit harsh. Oh, look, he's had a really good year. Like, he's played really, really well. He's contended an absolute truckload. Mm-hmm. Like, he has contended a lot. However, the Masters is different. Um, I, I talk talk about this a lot with other people. Uh, the Masters is a second-shot course because of the way the greens are, the complexes and the pin positions, being able to shape your ball being able to flight your ball, control your distances and get it in the right spots. And if you miss it, miss it like pin high, not long and short. JT, 120 yards and under, spectacular wedge game. Very good putter. I think he struggled a bit on the greens at Augusta. Driver, you know, and, you know, it's without question. The 120 to 170 or 120 to 200, that, that iron play, he's not in that elite category and that's that's going to challenge him on this course and this is why he's not been in the thick of it um, in, in the five or six Masters that he's, that he's played. So, fine through JT. JT gone. JT gone. Uh, number four, Paulin, Paulin, Paulin Morikawa, uh, a rookie. The last rookie to win was Fuzzy, 79 line through Cole and unfortunately since the US Open his form's been quite average really so it's not a place especially with the conditions that are going to happen it's not a place you're going to find form and if you do find it on the range you know the band-aids are going to get wet and they're going to fall off it must pain you to say that it does this is this here's the thing I think Colin in April you know, it's great that he's going to get to be able to do another one really quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and this is going to be just part of the learning experience for him. So I, I think there's a Masters in his destiny, not this one, and his form. I, he'll figure it out at some point. He'll figure it out at some point. Uh, number five, Raw's. A lot of people coming for Rory. A lot of people want Rory. A lot of people love Rory. Everyone's. Not everyone, but there's a lot of people talking he about either, Rory. He either tries too hard or doesn't try hard enough. He can't find it. It's like it's there's something stuck in his brain. There's something wrong that just messes him up and he just doesn't find a rhythm, doesn't find a flow. And it's just and it's not just the Masters. It's like all the majors. He, it's like he's not comfortable anymore. I don't know what it is. For a dude that is so talented... Um, he just, he's missing something. I don't know what it is. I, I literally don't know what it is. And I'm, I'm, it's not mechanical. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's up in, up in the, in the thing above your shoulders. Mm. Um, and he, 
I, I don't know what it is. He just maybe he just needs to fully re, not not so much relax, but just release and try and swing free because um, you know it, the, it, he's allowing the pressure to either build up or not build up. I don't know. He just can't find it in is the that, middle ground. Is he ever going to get past? Uh, was it the tenth or eleventh hole? Where he nearly tenth, tenth, tenth is yeah. his bogey. It's, uh, between him and Norman, it's like it's almost like you have these players that just can't quite get it done at the Masters, and they have this one hole that basically shreds them, uh, and the tenth hole is that one. It, it'll just never get forgotten about for poor Rory. Uh, it always gets talked about. I, I can't imagine how he, he wouldn't step on there and not not have it sort of somewhere in the in the grey matter up the uh, frontal cortex. But um, who knows? And, and maybe it's one of those things where um, I don't know. Maybe he has to try and be really methodical rather than free and try and plot his way around yeah. a course rather than try and dominate it because he can dominate courses. I, I don't know. It's something's, I don't know. He should win, but no. Just to qualify, just to qualify I don't actually know if frontal cortex is a part of the brain, but I'm not sure if anyone wants to tell me. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Number six, the milkshake boy. Well. Everyone reckons he's going to destroy Augusta. Yeah. I do. I don't. Because of two reasons. Again, Augusta is a second shot course strategy. Short game. He don't have he, – he can putt good. Right, he can get streaky with the putter. If he gets streaky with the putter, that's okay. I, I think Augusta's greens mess with his head. Chipping around the greens, he doesn't have the imagination that is needed at a course like this. For, and so I think short game, short game is his biggest deficiency. So his iron play, again, 120 to 200, lighting it, shaping it, distance control, that's not what he does. He's trying to always take variables out when Augusta requires you to play to variables. Okay. So, and it's going to be wet. So if you think his feet are slipping and sliding, put it in the bank. I reckon she's going to be nice and slippery and he's going to swing really hard on one and it's going to fall over. And on the day that he wears white pants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, I can see what you're saying. I can, and, you know, if I'm not retracting on, I think that he'll do well. I think he'll do well. Look, he'll contend, right? Yeah. He, he will probably contend, right? His best finish there is tied for 25th and it was like he's when he was an amateur. Yeah. Or it might have been his first year he turned pro. But since then, he's been terrible there. Is, right? is the 48-inch driver in play? No, because he can't figure it out. Right. So he's just going with the normal, the normal length driver. Yeah, normal and, you know, everyone thinks he's going to dominate. But the thing is, though, it's going to be wet, so it's not going to roll a lot. So that, so some of the plot spots where normally he would fly to and then expect a lot of roll, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, yes, he's going to get advantages in places, but, but again, it's still about the angles. And, mm. and, and it. so what if you get to wedge into some places? I, I still think there's a, there's a strategy and a mystique to the Masters that cannot be ignored. You know, you cannot overpower this thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shot maker's course. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Uh, seven, Webb. Yeah, he's, he started off the year really well. He hasn't been 
great in the last three or four months. Rewood down, he's really he's he's the right man for the job. But I think if it's going to be wet, he he might. I think the driver might might hurt him a little bit here. Um, and I don't think he's played great at the Masters historically. So I think exposed form. I don't think there's enough there for to say that he's going to contend. Okay. Uh, eight, the driver doper Xander. I actually think he'll do well. He, he was there. He he was in the in amongst it last year. Um, he's had really good form. Uh, you know, he won the uh, the the gross at the uh, the club championships uh, a few weeks back. Um, I'm going to state my claim in the ground now, and he's my man. Ooh, good pick. Good pick. If you didn't get in there, I know you're not going in there, but I'm I'm putting there's my there's my tip. A very good pick. It's a very good pick. Uh, number nine, Tyrrell. 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 He would this have been. Man is on fire. He would have been. And I'm going to state my claim early. He he was. Here's my. He's not. You can't. You can't call it smoky. Top European. Sorry. Top European. Top European, that's right. <laughs> but you can't call someone that high up in the world rankings a smoky with these form lines. Absolutely not. He's a genuine, absolute contender, and I probably would have, if I could go. I, into, I know I'm on. on a, I know I'm on another man, but I'm also on Tyrrell for a win and a place. Yeah, yeah, it's it's solid. Good money, solid. Good money for Tyrrell. He is being underestimated. Yeah. If people need to go back and have a look at his last eight weeks. Yeah. No, it's. He's good. I like him. He's a good. He's a good he character. Played well, he yeah. played well in Houston as well. And yeah. the thing that people, if they pay attention to Houston, it's all about short game mm-hmm. and second shot. Yep. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. And uh, I could have gone either way with Sandra and, and Tyrrell, but uh, I probably. Uh, I, I'm on. I'm on the Hatton. The Hatton train. Doot, doot. The hoodie train. The hoodie train. Oh, get your hoodies out, everyone! Get your hoodies out. Wouldn't that be great if he uh, had a hoodie? Yeah, I, you <laughs> if know he's what? wearing a hoodie on the last day. That'd be awesome. Uh, I don't think anyone from Peninsula Kings would listen to this podcast, but I did wear a hoodie on the range the other day. Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reb, rebel. <laughs> uh, number ten, Mister Patrick Cantlay. Yeah, he's, he he also contended last year. Um, he's played really well this year. So he probably will – I think he won Zozo. Zozo? Or CJ Cup. I think he won Zozo. So he will – I think he will – he could be a contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11, Mr. Patrick Reed. Now uh, – he, He's actually played really well for – he also has played really well for the last eight weeks. He actually looks quite fit. I think I think he's he's um he's off some of the milkshakes or the burgers, and and he's another one right. I don't know how he is in wet weather, but there's a reason he won at Augusta. Like as much as I dislike the man as a person, I've talked about this before. The dude can golf his ball, and it, this course is made for him because it's all about being creative. The short game aspect of it, you know, I think. I actually think he could contend. I would not be surprised to be seeing him in the top five or top ten end of the week. 
Uh, Rocket, write this down. You have to go to the Instagram account called For The Tour, F-O-R-E, The Tour, and they, okay. do, they do little parodies of uh, movies and they superimpose uh, heads of players over there. And uh, just let me play a little bit. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. But they've got a no, brilliant. They've got a brilliant one with Patrick Reed just walking around the room. It's a scene from a movie, that, and it's sort of they're p- pitching it as uh, he's leaving. He's drunk and he's leaving the Masters uh, Champions dinner. It's very funny. <laughs> Go and have a look at it. Uh, number twelve. Drum roll. Rocks. Oh, it's back. The man is fit. He's figured out his driver. Putting and chipping at uh, Memorial, the course that he uh, helped consult with uh, Tom Doak. He's back. He just needs to figure out a few things with his irons, and the man is ready to go. And I'm on good money too. Those injuries, those bookies, they don't know what's coming. So Brooks is your man, yeah? He is my man. Well, we know he's and your man. Also, and also, if anyone's listened to the to – the, uh, and uh, again, Mr. Molica, I think he must have wanted to just fire me up. He sent me a link to the uh, the most recent Brandel Chambly and Jamie Diaz or Jaime Diaz uh, podcast. And if Brandel didn't take a big dump on Brooks's major wins, I've I was so mad and horrified. I reckon Brooks. I hope Brooks has listened to it and gives Brandel the biggest bird as he's going up the 18th. To the uh, the booth of the golf channel. I didn't I didn't listen to it, but why why would he do that? Because Brooks has been giving Brandle the bird for many years, and he mm. and Brandle hates it, absolutely hates it. They should know that you're never gonna out Brooks Brooks. Like like he doesn't care. Like nope nope. Like he he's the absolute classic you know muscle man of of the golf course without having to muscle anyone like go watch his Instagram. Oh, oh, um, I can't believe I did this. The, uh, the one where he was out practicing with, um, with Jenna and they did an, an Instagram um, uh, TV for like 35 minutes on the course and just Q and a, just them two. They were hilarious. He was hilarious. He's clearly got a great personality, but you know, you can't, you can't out-beef him, you know, from a commentary box, from the putting green nah, or anywhere because nah. he's just too tough. Hey, Brandle went as far as saying his win at Shinnecock, Shinnecock Hills. He dominated. Dominated. But he reckons he dominated because the fairways were really wide. Shinnecock Hills, really wide fairways. Give me a break. Give me a break. I want to use different language. Yeah, he's Brooks, not going to give him the bird. He's not everyone's cup of tea, is uh, Mr. Shambly. Don't know Look, him. I love him. He comes up with some really, yeah. he, like he sticks to his guns. Yep. And you know what? I'm so glad that he did this because it's like Brooks just wants a chip on his shoulder. Prodding, prodding the bear. Don't prod we the bear. We did it last year because remember, remember Brandle ripped into him about him shredding 15 um, yeah. um, pounds and then for getting, the men's health thing. Getting nude, yeah. Ripping into his vanity. Yeah. And Brooks comes out and shoots 66 and straight off the bat, Brandle goes, I feel like Brooks just gave me the middle finger for 18 holes today. We did. Okay. Who's next? 
number 13 isn't playing in the field because he didn't qualify. Because according to the world rankings, when Augusta gave out the invites, Mr. Daniel Berger was outside the top 60 in the world. So he's ranked 13th in the world. He ain't playing. But he'll play next year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well. Uh, so moving up a spot, the Wolfpack. Oh. Matty Wolf. And another first-timer. Mm. So maybe put a line through him, but well, at the same time, he's the type of player yeah. that can do anything. Yeah. Short game is short game's really good. He just needs to, if he gets on with his irons, mm. look out. Yep. No, he, he could uh, he could scare a few people. Um, I don't think he'll win, but uh, I don't know why why he wouldn't be up there at the pointy end of the wolf pack. Now the, the I put this man in because he's on the fringe of the 13. The fact that the weather is a little bit going to soften the course up, might slow the greens down. He hasn't played too bad in the last month. He's recovering from COVID. Mr. Adam Scott. Mm. Oh. Possibility. Possibility. You think so? But, yeah. Well, don't know, but you never know. You never See, know. I'm playing everything like that. If there's enough sting out of the greens, yep. and and there's the short short game is solid enough, so it might be it might be enough to get him to just weed out the field and and put it back into you know give him an advantage potentially. Yep. Um, and then outside of that, you know, there's not a you could I don't know. I, I did look over the list out in the the rest of the world rankings and other players in the field. And, you know, the only other person who's actually had good form for probably the last month and um, their world ranking doesn't reflect their last couple of months. And that's um, Jay Day who actually doesn't play too bad in the wet. His short yeah. game is really good. Yep. And, you know, he plays well at the masters. So who knows? Who knows? Who's the best of the rest? Uh, so Jay Day, you'd always have in that pointy end of the field, but yeah, uh, I, I would still have. So best of the rest is still probably Jason Day. Yep. He's been probably the form player out of the rest of the field, I reckon. Okay. Um, yeah, I I went through them all, and I can't. You know, even though Leash is playing, his form's been terrible. Cam Smith hasn't been fantastic. You know, I've gone through all the others, and there's no one really standing out. Um with any sort of great form that, that are outside of that sort of 15 world ranking, you know, Jordan Spieth, again, another person who just needs to fix whatever it is above his shoulders. Um, you know, he's ranked now 80th in the world. You know, he, everything from three wood down is fantastic. You just can't get that driver right. I think he just, I don't know, he needs to let something go. I don't know. I wonder if he shifted to the new uh, Titleist TSI um, yet. He, he, he's, he the only got, head that he should be changing is his own. Yeah. Uh, he gets in He gets in his own way. I think he's too hard on himself. He's too, he's too hard on the outcome of the shot rather than just making a good swing. Mm. Yeah, Maybe you should listen to the podcast, the uh, Mental Mastery podcast. Please. We recorded a great episode today talking about uh, a whole range of topics with uh, Jamie, but um, – 
Yeah, it has been a while since we caught up, but another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast out there today. People, jump on board. Um, yeah, apart from that, you know, that's, you know, it's, the, the weather's going to be, make it unpredictable. You know, there might be some players that get on the wrong side of the draw weather-wise, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle that. So I think it's going to be, a, you know, think about Brooks when he talks about a major, right? There's half the field gets ruled out because they're probably thinking about how hard the course is. So they're mentally checked out. So it leaves only a certain number of players left. And then you think about the conditions and then the test, that'll probably rule out another three. So Brooks is probably looking at a gun. I've got probably 10 to 15 guys to beat. I just need to beat them. Well, if you've got good odds on him, Rocket, I'd be happy. I'd be happy for you to win. I'd be happy for you to win. I'd, I'm not a, I'm not a golf betting man, so uh, I don't have any uh, wages on it. That probably makes me a little bit more boring. But, uh, but Xander and Tyrrell. That's, uh, I'd love to see Tyrrell. Love to see Tyrrell. Tyrrell would be awesome. I'd love to see Tyrrell. Tyrrell would be awesome. Rocket, you picked up some new supplies during the week, which I know you're keen to put into uh, practice and play. Now I've had an idea while we've been talking. Uh huh. We've never done a competition before, but it is our 100th episode. <laughs> so we're going to do an Instagram competition, which we'll talk about now. And please literally have only thought about it while we've been talking. So if the <laughs> mechanics aren't spot on in the dialogue here, I'll work it out and it'll be on Instagram. You, you've got a new putting mat, do you not? I do. How good is it? It's awesome. I've, the only thing I've got to do is I've, I've got to follow the instructions a little bit better. So I've got to get the iron onto it mm-hmm. uh, just to flatten it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Not too hot? No, correct. Um, I think once I've done that, I should be good. So I've put a couple of little uh, weights down the other end to sort of hold down the tail end of it, so mm-hmm. roll it out. So, I've, But I've now just got to get an iron on it to get those edges um, nice and flat because there's a little bit of left to right and right to left. <laughs> okay. Well, just to put everyone into the picture, Rocket nipped around to um, his uh, good mate uh, from Tassie, well, now good mate, fellow Tasmanian elite golfer, um, which you share, you know, one of those, uh, that level of mantle, mantleship. I, I, I missed I missed, I missed, a meeting because <laughs> we were still drawing away a little bit longer than I expected. <laughs> so don't tell Rocket's bosses that he was around at Rice's place picking up a putting mat uh, and talking about Tassie, Tassie golf. But um, so you got yourself a perfect practice putting mat off Ricey. Um, well done. It's the same one that I've been putting on uh, during the lockdown here. Set up? How easy? Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, my God. What I... else? You picked yourself up a, a tour striker smart ball? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't um, unleashed on that one yet. So you're going to ditch the beach ball for the kids' beach ball that you've been putting in your I, I, arms? I have, to, I have to do a video of so, it before so there, and after. there's one Masters weekend challenge for you. And what else did you pick up? An orange whip? Yeah, yeah exactly. So you've got uh, three of the best training aids. If you don't come back to golf firing, I, I don't know, that uh, you've got rid of the yellow thing and you've now put the real swing trainer in the orange whip. Now, that's not a plug. Yes. it's not a plug for Rice's gear, which you can, you know, buy it any number of uh, yes quality. it is it's freaking fantastic <laughs> well it is a plug for ice's gear but you can get it at any uh quality golf shop including the one that like for a putting mat like I, i've always been skeptical of putting mats and i remember seeing yours when you when you were showing it and i'm looking at a gun but then when i picked this thing up i thought oh how hard is this going to be to put together 
I reckon it, I spent more time reading the instructions than than putting the thing together. It was under under three minutes, and and I had a few balls and the, and the flat stick out and and having a putt. Well, it even, rolled. even got one of the trios. So one of the trio grabbed their little power built little kids putter and. Family. They, they they spent like thirty minutes just putting. There you go, family ba- free child mining and, and family awesome. fun. Uh, you didn't know you just it's really a simple timber thing. Roll it out, ball goes up the ramp, comes down the magnetized um, little ball return, so which is great. So the the idea that I've had rocket now I've got some um, tailor made tour responses here printed with the corporate logo, the My Love of Golf podcast corporate logo. Oops. So what we're going to do? What you're going to do, rocket? You're are go- you are going to. Uh, put some post some videos putting on the perfect practice putting mat during the Masters, uh-huh. and at some stage, you are going to putt from. Let's pick a distance. What's your What's your favourite distance? You're gonna go six footers, seven foot. Let's Let's go seven. Seven foot. You're going to re- get a video of how many seven footers in a row. So I want you to try and get as many seven-footers. You can go six-footers. Seven, whatever the distance is, as many in a row. In, in a row, Well, in a row is going to be that's a, that's a decent challenge for seven. You can go the big the hole. The percentages, are, the percentages are – you, you can't pick any hole. You've got to pick one. you got to so pick no, the big one or the small one. Pick the big hole. Pick the easy hole, and I want you yeah. to go try and dob as many seven-footers as, as you can. Right. I'm backing you to do many. And the listeners, or the Instagram followers, are going to pick how many you do in a row. Woo. And we'll pick a winner from who gets it right. In the how event many, of a how many videos I'm going to have. <laughs> in the event of a tie, we'll have a countback system. I don't know. There'll only be one winner, and the winner will get a dozen of the corporate logo, mile of golf, tailor made tour response balls. The first, yep. the first. Corporate logo balls that we've done. Got some sitting behind me. Um, they are fantastic. Tall response ball probably suits more more players than uh, than than you think. Beautiful urethane cover. Nice soft feel. Straight, low driver spin. Goes as long as anything and uh, feels good. Good ball. But they've got the corporate logo on there, mate. It's a good thing. So you're gonna you're gonna post some videos of you putting, but then you're gonna keep one video of you with your in a row video, and then post that at the end of the Masters, and we'll pick a winner. Done. From anywhere um, around the world, I'll send the balls anywhere. But uh, let's see what we if we can have some fun with that. What do you reckon? What a great like what a great way to celebrate a hundred episodes with a little giveaway. I've never done anything like that. Didn't think so I would. Like an old hundred. <laughs> well, I th- I reckon I got ten in a row one night. I reckon I got ten in a row from seven foot mark into. I the might s- have to get I might have to get my pels my pels training aid out and get get a nice little warm up. Get the stroke. I reckon, I reckon I've got 10 in a row in the small hole, but you can go big hole. No, I'm going to go small. Well, it's harder. It's harder. It's harder. It's good, good Go practice. hard, go harder, go home. Rocket, uh, again, it's been a wonderful uh, experience having you alongside. I know people love uh, the Roscoe and Rocket episodes, and, uh, and as I said before, and I wasn't joking when I said it, you have – Lifted with your preparation for these episodes, they're your episodes. I just sit here and push a button, and tonight the button sort of didn't work, and we had a second crack at it. It's still red, so that means uh, everything's recorded, which is great. Woo-hoo. I never thought we'd get to a hundred, but we have, and uh, we'll keep it's going. Work by you, my man. We'll keep going. What do you reckon? No, it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Oh, one little master's tidbit. Oh yes, that uh, that I I missed, and 
you've got to give it to Mr. Mr. Ridley doing just thinking outside the square. So the um, anyone who's a NFL fan like myself, so especially the college sports, especially college football, which is it is mad. So college football game day is actually they're actually bringing game day live from Augusta. So the guys are actually going to be at the grounds of Augusta. So the one thing because of all the changes with COVID, so one thing the Masters have done is they've changed um, some of the tee times and broadcasting time. So some of the tee times to actually, rather than clash with some of the college games and NFL Sunday, they've actually, um, uh, they're going to bring the tee times forward so they can lead into the, into the college games. Just a great weekend. And the NFL games. Great weekend of sport all around. Oh, my God. My KOs, my KO with my multiple sort of <laughs> screens and stuff like that is just going to get an absolute smashing this weekend. You can flick from uh, watching cyber security all around the world to uh, cyber sports all around the world. Hey, and um, thanks again. And thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in this far and participating with 100 uh, episodes. Really I can do subscribe. Appreciate. I can subscribe. Exactly. And just a quick shout-out to our uh, man, Chris, over there in the USA. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, Chris. So Get well, my man. Get well, and uh, we look forward to uh, following on you watching the Masters as well. All right, guys, thanks very much for listening again, and uh, until next time, we might catch up next week and have a bit of a Masters debrief or thereabouts. Appreciate you listening. Thanks very much. <laughs>